It's time for Inside the Gamecocks, the show with Phil Mullinax and J.C. Sherbert. So, how many of you would say you speak English fairly well, but with some difficulty? Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. You play to win the game. Now, let's take it away, J.C. and Phil. Inside the Gamecocks, the show. I'm JC Sherbert. He's Phil Molinax. And we have a guest right off the top of the bat right here on our Wednesday edition, Brad Crawford from 24-7 Sports. Wanted to jump right into this, Brad, because obviously you've been tracking the Gamecocks and everybody else's bowl scenarios. Um, playoff poll comes out last night. Carolina checks in at 19th. Uh, what is significant is LSU checked in at 14th. Uh, so break it all down for us now. It looks like uh, I got my hat on here, my my Mickey Mouse visor. Uh, looks like that may be where the Gamecocks are headed this holiday season. Yeah, the Citrus Bowl is majorly in play now for South Carolina. Citrus Bowl has the first pick after the New Year's Six decided. We know, J.C., that LSU is not going to be a New Year's Six team as long as the Tigers lose this weekend against Georgia. And the Citrus Bowl likes this red-hot South Carolina team. I mean, you could make the argument, all these listeners know, that South Carolina is probably the hottest team in college football right now, not in the college football playoff. Maybe Florida State has an argument there, but Gamecocks red-hot this last half of November. Citrus Bowl folks, at least ones I've spoken to, would love South Carolina. Gamecocks have traveled there a couple times. Really brings a good fan base, so – Gator Bowl, Rely Quest Bowl in Tampa, or the Citrus Bowl. Those are the three it's down to based on what I've been been told. That's good to go to a Florida Bowl game. Uh, I think uh, what's, what's sort of unique about this fan base is uh, that they're kind of tampered out a little bit. And, uh, Aren't we you all? Know, uh, yeah, I mean, look, I, I, I used to kind of brush back against that because I was like, well, look, it's not like you go every single year and uh, Florida has been a lot, but I mean, that's kind of a trip up the road for the Gators, but uh, you know, I I, I get it now and, and I started looking at it, Brad, and what really hit me is, it's not so much that, oh, Carolina goes to the Outback Bowl, Rely Quest Bowl, or the Bowl in Tampa a lot, it's what's happened during those seasons to end up getting them there. I mean, we all remember I mean, it was 20 years ago, but we all remember when uh, in 01, Carolina had the Citrus Bowl, which back then was a huge deal for the program. Uh, all teed up and ready to go. Uh, that was 9-11. The unthinkable happened. Tennessee beats Florida at the Swamp. And then the unthinkable part two happens uh, as uh, LSU under Nick Saban upset the Vols. And back then there weren't New Year's Six options and things like that. So that sent Tennessee to the Citrus Bowl and the game packs back for a rematch with Ohio State in the Outback. Um, yeah, and, and I just think, too, you know, sometimes uh, the Orlando trip over the holidays, is, as I know I'm making that, uh, before the bowl game, uh, I kind of like it. It's busy, it's crowded, but uh, there's just something about it. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I kind of enjoy going down there at the time. I know a lot of families do as well. Um, so, so what? So, what do you think, in your opinion, as, as Gamecock fans watch football this weekend, uh, Gamecock free? <laughs> uh, what, what would you suggest, kind of, as the cheering? Uh, or does Georgia need to blow LSU out? Um, you know, that kind of thing. If LSU happens to upset the dogs, what would happen in that scenario? Just, you know, break down uh, the, the weekend's action and what kind of needs to happen. I think you want to see the injury status of LSU quarterback Jaden Daniels. He's supposed to go Saturday. If he does get hurt in that game, that makes LSU less attractive to the Citrus Bowl. 
LSU is going to have four losses coming out of that game. Gamecocks are eight and four. LSU would be nine and four. And that would be back to back, you know, bad losses for LSU and a fan base that is not nearly as energized as it was, say, two weeks ago going into College Station with a chance to beat AM. And then you beat Georgia and make the playoff. And now LSU is going to kind of limp into bowl season if they lose Saturday. So for South Carolina fans, this weekend, I would be rooting for a Georgia blowout in Atlanta if the Citrus Bowl is the bowl you like. And I just got a feeling, JC, that if, you know, there's an option there where LSU does get taken by the Citrus Bowl, then the Gamecocks would love to be in the Gator, but the ReliQuest Bowl would likely take South Carolina. And then as you mentioned, it's the, it's the doomsday scenario back in Tampa against probably an Illinois team that runs the football every every play. I've watched a lot of Illinois football this year, man, and I, I kind of pull for him. You know, I, I, Belima, you know, he just kind of you know throws it out there, right? And, you know, he's uh, they almost knocked off Michigan. That that matchup wise would be horrible because yeah, that that team just line, they line it up and pound you, and they had for a while they had the number one defense in the country. They play defense uh, at Illinois as well. Two really good coordinators in Walters and Lunny uh, for Belima with the Illini. He's really turned that thing around. All right, so. We're going to not worry about the Relia Quest Bowl right now and, and kind of focus more on like the potential opponent. Um, and I, we know who the opponent would be in the Gator, likely Notre Dame, correct? Yeah. Uh, yeah. But Purdue, that, that would be interesting. Uh, my assumption is uh, is Penn State would get kicked up the New Year's Six maybe or take another option. Um, you know, I don't think Carolina's ever played Purdue in football. If they did, it was way back when. Uh, you know, what are your thoughts on the Boilermakers and uh, – I know they play Michigan for the title or whatever, but that particular matchup, uh, you know, on the Big Ten side of things. Yeah, I think last night's playoff rankings showed us that Penn State's going to be in that New Year's Six. You know, mm. the, the committee thinks a lot about the Nittany Lions. Ohio State, with that loss to Michigan, probably not going to play in the Rose Bowl now because the Rose Bowl, I don't think, wants to take Ohio State for a second straight year, but probably a team that's going to have eight to ten opt-outs like it had last season. You also don't want to see a repeat matchup of Ohio State, Utah, and Pasadena. So I think Penn State does go to the Rose Bowl. That puts Purdue in Orlando. Purdue will be the highest rated uh, Big Ten team left. I know Citrus Bowl folks would like that South Carolina-Purdue matchup. And like you said, it's a it's an unfamiliar setting for both those fan bases having never played before. Purdue runs a balanced offense similar to South Carolina. Aiden O'Connell, very good quarterback, vet, veteran, multi-year starter. I do think a, a Purdue matchup in Orlando would be more favorable for the Gamecocks than having to go up against, you know, Chase Brown, Illinois, in Tampa, or, you know, Drew Pine, Notre Dame, first-year coach Marcus Freeman. But, I mean, right now it's a can't-lose situation unless the Gamecocks get sent to Tampa because if they go to the Gator Bowl in Jacksonville, J.C., Notre Dame, South Carolina, that's going to be the um, Okay, so I, we, our poll question yesterday was, were you alive – the last time South Carolina played Notre Dame. And it was crazy to me, Brad. And it's kind of good news because, you know, Phil and I are old and, you know, our, it means our audience is young and we can do this for a while. Yeah. 50, 58% said no. That was 1984 in South Bend. Were, were you alive? Were you were you, were you you on the earth? That was the year of the Navy loss too, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. I hate to remind listeners of that, but I no, I was I was negative three years old. So oh uh, yeah, <laughs> oh so you came along in '87 when uh, that was a pretty good Carolina football year as well. I remember that one. I, I was uh, I was seven, so I was I was I was a little kid. But uh, I think '87 was was Brad Edwards, right? 
Yeah, it, the the the, uh, the pick six and uh, against right. Clemson, and then the game against Miami after the Clemson game when Miami won the national championship. I was actually at that game with my dad. The, oh, uh, wow. the, old, the old Orange Bowl, one of the greatest memories ever. Uh, and Jimmy Johnson, they went on to beat Oklahoma in the Orange Bowl to win the national championship. Jimmy Johnson said after the season, the South Carolina game was was way more competitive and and and, and dramatic than the. Uh, the game against Oklahoma to win it all. So, yeah, Notre Dame, South Carolina. I, I just think there's something about playing Notre Dame. People love them. They hate them. They have a national fan base. If you went to, uh, you know, uh, uh, Papua New Guinea and asked someone about American college football, if they knew anything, they know the Gipper. They can know Notre Dame. They know the gold helmets, all that good stuff. Um, so, uh, Gamecocks finished hot this year, obviously. Uh, I, I asked some people. I talked to some people that have been around the program for a while. That have followed it their whole lives. They cannot remember a two-week stretch like this ever. The numbers bear that out, beating two top ten teams in a row back to back. Throw on top of that that it's Clemson and Tennessee. I think you know everybody's and and they spoiled their playoff hopes. I mean, uh, your thoughts about this unprecedented run? Yeah, a little bit of everything these last two weeks for for a Gamecock fan after just years of of depression late in the season, man. But this this team, the the resiliency factor shown during the month of November since that Florida loss is unlike anything I can remember in my 22 to 25 years of, you know, watching Gamecock football. This team every week has gone to war for Shane Beamer, could have literally laid down after that Georgia loss. Shane Beamer took it personal, rallied the troops. The last two weeks, man, really showed what this personnel group, what what this program has been building to. And that, that Saturday night game against Tennessee scoring 63 points, Look, I, I even had a friend text me who's a Tar Heels fan who said, shame on Shane Beamer for running it up. I'm like, you're talking about <laughs> in college football. And and Josh Heupel goes five wide with two minutes left in every single game that I watch. Yeah, he ran Missouri. They didn't stop. I mean, it was like I blinked and it was it went from 49 to 66. Man, uh, the, the, the momentum Shane Beamer has right now and just, just the focus he has as a coach, a man, a leader – of this university, this program appears to be on the rise nationally. And I think over the next few weeks, fellas, we're going to see on the recruiting trail, them signing a top 15 class, maybe getting Nicholas Harbor from Michigan. So it's going to be very interesting to see, you know, over the next few weeks, not only who Shane Beamer hires as OC, but how the recruiting class finishes up too. Uh, finish it up with Brad Crawford, 24 seven sports here. So give us uh um, you know, if you got, if you want to throw out a name, you're obviously welcome to, uh, but, you know, what, what what direction do you think they need to go uh, offensive coordinator style-wise and, and all that? I think you need to go with a guy who's not the air raid type. I know a lot of fans want to see some four and five wide sets every snap. Look, when, when South Carolina has been good, when it's been a top 15 program for a three- or four-year stretch, the Gamecocks have been able to run the ball with ferocity as well. Good teams in college football can run the ball. Georgia runs the ball. Michigan runs the ball. TCU has a 1,400-yard back right now, and they're 12-0. and So not only do you want a guy who's a quarterback whisperer of sorts who can get it around, but Gamecocks have a stable of running backs. They're, they're, they've got some guys coming in that are going to be good as well. I think you want to find an OC that, that finds that balance. I think toward the end of the schedule there, Satterfield found that a little bit, but they started throwing it around and, and really producing. But, yeah, not, a, not an air raid guy, but someone like Kendall Bryles would be the the first phone call if it hasn't been made already. Yeah, Browse is one of those guys that's kind of very balanced with with what he does, but also creative. He finds creative ways to run it and throw it 
that's kind of my my thing with that too. Well, Brad, we really appreciate you hopping on with us. It's always a pleasure, and uh, we all look forward to reading your final bowl projections and uh, mm-hmm. your thoughts on the bowl schedule uh, come Selection Sunday, which is coming up. Yeah, I want to say too, man. Thank you guys for doing this show. We do not have a daily Gamecock show on the internet. That's like you guys, and I think Gamecock fans really really need this during the season. Yeah, uh, thanks. Uh, it, it's thanks, awesome, Brad. and yeah. it, we 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 enjoy doing it, and it just gets. Man, it just gets better and better and better <laughs> every time. And, 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 and you've been a huge part of it, so we appreciate you, Brad. Hey, thank you, fellas. Thanks, Brad. Yes, Brad Coffer from 24-7 Sports. So we jumped right in it there, Phil. Yeah. Just that, yeah. Look, at, I, I didn't notice you had the Mickey shirt on. Yeah, I'm wearing my Mickey shirt. I mean, yes. you know, and, uh, just like Don Staley and Lance said in the comments, I like fruit. <laughs> 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 I like fruit. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's um, yeah, they've they've redone. I think since the Gamecocks have played there, they've remodeled that stadium a little bit. Um, I can't remember when the remodel came. Uh, maybe that maybe it's already remodeled. I don't know, but they've done some some work to that stadium. I've I've covered a few Under Armour games there. I was actually at the game. I could only stay for the first half, uh, and then I forgot where which garage I parked my rental car in because I was down there working. Uh, and so I went, I went to the first half by myself of the Nebraska Citrus Bowl, saw the Alshon catch, and then had to get back to work. Ended up missing a good portion of the second half. Um, saw, saw, saw the game got Connor Shaw score late and make it 30-13 because I, I parked in one garage, right? Mm-hmm. But I went back out of, my car, out of the stadium. I didn't pay attention when I was getting out and walked into another garage and was walking up and down and up and down. And then I found, I was like, I was like, God, oh, I was like freaking out. I can't find my car. Uh, rental car. Was, yeah. <laughs> and then I look and there's this other smaller garage. I'm looking at it. I'm like, oh, oh my. <laughs> Come, Mr. Bigglesworth. <laughs> Let's go to the other garage. Off so, to the uh, garage. Off to the little garage. Uh, so, anyway, we appreciate that. By the way, Inside the Game Coaster Show is brought to you exclusively by Express Sunrooms in Columbia. Call John, 803-446-4662 to get set up, or John B. at expresssunrooms.com. Get those project plans going, man. You want a sunroom? Uh, I think he does some other stuff, too. Yeah, man. They uh, also do free estimates on their website. So, yeah, y'all check it out. Yeah, and be sure to tell them you, you found out about him on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, Craiger was the first in the chat box this morning. Nana Sports chat box, by the way. The award-winning uh, how do I say this? Because the chat box has won no awards yet. That guys, I don't know that you will. Yeah. But Nana, Nana's porch is award winning. Nana's porch award winning catering, um, delicious. I can't say enough about it. Uh, I have a feeling they're going to be catering a uh, a wedding here in the next couple of years, and maybe mm-hmm. some other nice events. <laughs> but uh, and they helped out with the the TBS uh, Bixburg Golf Tournament. I mean they. Chris and his guys do a great job. It's delicious. It's, it's unrivaled, as I say in the commercial. Uh, so the award-winning Nana's Sports Chat Box. Uh, Craiger says, I'm still effing glowing. I think everybody yeah, is. Uh, mm-hmm. Sondra wants to know where you can get some clips and toilet paper. Mm-hmm. Well, to properly stock the guest bathroom before the in-laws arrive for Christmas. Ooh, that's a great idea. Are they Clemson people, Sondra? That would be awesome. And the uh, serious dig is, well, they don't use it out there. <laughs> Oh, we don't need it here in the drop pot. Throwing just, dark, dark we, corner shade over here. <laughs> we we'll just go splash a little crick water on it, and that's fine. Uh, Hunter Corn says, go, 
Cork house. Ugh. Oh, that makes me hurt. That hurts. Just think about it. Hunter says, just go buy some Clemson Merchants house half off. Adam <laughs> says, happy hump day. Uh, Crager says, good to hear from Jungle Boy. DJ Swearinger, he was on with Mike Uva, so go check that out. Chris says, oh, hope everyone made it through the band of storms. Parts of the country got hit hard. So, yeah, I, I noticed that. Like, I, I'm not in that part of the country right now, so I hope everybody's safe and, and happy. Um, Will says, citrus or gator, please. I'm hoping that, too. Yeah, that was. I mean, that's just that. That so so okay. I'm missing out on the game of the, on the Gator Bowl with Notre Dame. You know, because Carolina has a history with the Gator Bowl. It's close. Jacksonville's kind of cool. Um, they hadn't been since '87. Outside mm-hmm. of that, uh, the Tampa Bowl, they've been to Jacksonville more than any other bowl. Uh, they played in the first Gator Bowl. Uh, Notre Dame is a marquee matchup. I mean. So if you're going to miss out on that, my feeling is it has to be for the citrus. Yeah, because um, no, I mean, well, citrus is a New Year's Day game, right? Even though not yeah. not one of the six. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. and so it's, it's on January second, and so is the. Second, yeah. yeah, it's 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 a. It, it when when New Year's Day is on a Sunday, they they yeah. make mm-hmm. the, the NFL kind of takes over, and this they play it on the second, so it's on a Monday. But uh, yeah, so that's a, it's the citrus the. Uh, um, the the bull the bull in Tampa is about the same thing. It's just a, yeah. it, it kicks an hour earlier or whatever. But anyway, um, Illinois that would not believe me. I, I don't I don't that matchup would make maybe it kind of tricky. Yeah. That's got. what I was talking about with Brad before we started. I was like, yeah, Illinois is the only team the ones they're tossing around that really scares me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, Notre Dame's got obviously we all saw what Notre Dame's offensive line did to Clemson. Uh, and and they do have a good off, great offensive line, and they're playing much better. I mean, they're Notre Dame, you know. But uh, you know, that's a game I think South Carolina's players would get sky high for. You know, oh yeah. Um, I, I and I like the matchup with Purdue too because I got uh, here's a here's a little secret. Purdue's not very good, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, they they played. I, I've watched them against Penn State. They blew a lead. Uh, I've watched them get crushed by teams. Uh, but I've also watched them play well. Like when they, they went into Illinois and played a pretty spirited game, Jeff Brom's the coach there, uh, does a really good job, really creative play caller and all that. Uh, and you know the Gamecocks offensively are, are going to probably let it hang out in the game. So mm-hmm. it could be a pretty fun game. Uh, KFC says, what does Dante Reno think about Satterfield leaving? Um, but we had some an, an interview with him on the Big Spur uh, about that. Uh, I think he sticks. Uh, I think that uh, – He's committed to Shane Beamer and the school. Uh, Marcus Satterfield certainly de- deserves credit for helping recruit him and sell him on his style of offense. But unless it's an offensive system that, you know, you look at and go, well, that's not maybe the best fit for a guy of his skill set. And he realizes that. And believe me, he will. His dad's the head coach at Yale. So he's a football guy. Uh, he comes from a football family. They're going to make the right short choice uh, based on football. Um you know, unless it's something like that, I, I think he'll stick. Now, uh, you look at his offer sheet, you know, where's where's Notre Dame on the offer sheet? Where is, uh, you know, Ohio State, maybe some place like that? If, if those those types of schools that are in that quadrant of the country uh, start kind of creeping in, uh, could be a battle, just like Hobbs, the kid from Cincinnati. Now, I, I like the Gamecocks' chances of holding on from a kid from the Northeast, New England. Uh against a Notre Dame or Ohio State better than a kid from 
uh, Archbishop Moeller in Cincinnati. Yeah, I mean, Cincinnati, that's, yeah. That's, that's, that's not good. Rick says Gator tastes good. Yeah, Roman Rick's down in Jacksonville. And if the game guys get to Jack, I think I'm going to all any of the three. We, we decided mm-hmm. last night because all we got to do is stay down there for an extra couple of days and ring in the new year and uh, all that. Um, and uh, so I'll be at all, at all the three Ricks. So if I get up to Jacksonville, man, uh, we'll have to uh, have to meet up and see you. Uh, so there we go. It's, um, you know, Hunter says, uh, talks about oh, players aren't upset or too mad about Sat leaving. Yeah. I, I don't get that. You know, and I, I want to clarify this, I, you know, cause a lot of people have taken, you know, some, some, some reports that Tony's made and, and stuff on our site as to say that the players, uh, there's some kind of toxicity and problem with the players. Uh, Tony didn't say that. Tony says it among the staff. You know what I'm saying? Um, I, I think I think Satterfield got along with his players just fine. Uh, and, and trust me, if, if that was a situation, if that was an issue, uh, Beamer would have solved it. You know, right, uh, yeah. I mean, like the the toxicity with the players. You know, you, you just, you, the the players are the focus of the program. Okay, so. Uh, and and I'd never heard anybody say anything. I mean, like, look, was Spencer Rattler and those guys were they frustrated with the offense? Probably, yeah. But it's not like they were like, oh, this guy's just a, a you know, what a, what a, what have you? But uh, I, I but at the same time, I don't think that they're super sad <laughs> that uh, they're getting a new offense. I mean, I, I think that would be good. Um, so that's the deal there. Uh, offense. Oh, Hunter mentions this. This is interesting. If the offensive players that could come back do indeed come back next season, we'll have a chance to be special. Yeah, they need to hit the portal for some pieces. I think defensively, uh, Pat, you know, the more I think about it, the more, you know, front seven guys, uh, pass rush and linebacker, uh, edge and edge and linebacker, I think, need guys. Now, you know, you can maybe go with the way this defense is, like, some, like Alabama and Georgia sometimes recruit these dudes that are, you know, these bigger linebacker edge types, they can play the quote-unquote buck. Um, and they, they recruit a bunch of them, and not all of them get to play. Uh, and I'm not saying go look at Georgia and Alabama's roster and here's your starters for next year. I'm saying if a guy like that leaves a program, you know, you're 6'4", 245-pound, dude that can stand up, dude that can put his hand in the dirt, versatile guy uh, to help out on that buck position, I you know, a guy like that, or just like a guy like the, the Missouri, and you know they could have maybe gone after this guy last year, Tyrone Hopper uh, at Missouri that came from Florida, uh, who, who's kind of more of like a weak side linebacker type that could uh, to fit in. I mean, but I, I think they probably need two of those. If you can find two edge, great. If not, and preferably when you do this in the portal, uh, if you get an edge, you maybe get one guy that's like a red shirt, you know, older guy that maybe just has a year or two. Uh, and then you get a younger guy, Phil, like that's uh, like they did with Lavoisier Carroll. He yeah, came in from the middle. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and you can, you can, you got some depth for later. Uh, so that's the thing there. The 87 team was one of the best teams that the Gamecocks have ever had. Clint said, yeah, that team was fun to watch. Uh, blew a lead. At, speaking of Nebraska, <laughs> Gamecocks went out there. That was Nebraska was unreal good at the time. Uh, second straight heartbreaking loss to them. A heartbreaking loss to Georgia in Athens. Um, funny story about that, okay? Here's how I watched most of the Gamecocks' 1987 13-6 loss 
uh, in Athens to the dogs. Okay. Said, so we had watched the game last year, me and my dad. And then at the end of that game, Georgia won 31 26, but they, they instituted a rule that season, right? Phil, we're in college football. We're not going to let you advance a fumble anymore. Okay. And then don't ask me why. Don't ask me why they that that particular year the, the powers will be like, hey, you know what we should do to take the fun out of it even more? Uh, don't let you you can't advance a fumble. How about that? You that, that, that can't wow, we take the fun out of you know, take the fun out of the game even more. So Georgia's quarterback, Wade Jack Jackson, Wayne Wade Jackson, Wayne, Wayne Jackson, Wayne Johnson, something like that. I don't know. I'm getting old, man. So George, George is running out the clock and went, you know, thir- up 31-26, but they're they're back inside Carolina territory. I think a Todd Ellis interception in the Gamecocks' chances to win it on offense. Huge shocker there. But uh, uh, wow. so the Georgia quarterback <laughs> drops back, Phil, and instead of kneeling, he drops back and just lays the ball on the ground. That. Carolina picks it up, runs it in the end zone or something, and and then I don't maybe made it. I think he did make it in the end zone. So under today's rules, that's a fumble. That's a touchdown. And yeah. Carolina wins the game. I mean, that would have been a huge mistake. But uh, and so then they were like, "We well, can't advance a fumble." And so Morrison was like, "Well, there's one second on the clock." And Vince Dooley was like, "No." They interviewed him. He's like, "The game is over. The game." Is, I heard one second on the clock, but the game is over. Joe Morrison sits there, lights up a Marlboro Red on the sideline. <laughs> Joe Mo, I mean, back then it didn't matter, you know. They had the, they had the, you know, the cocks on the the cheerleader bloomers and stuff back then. It was, it was more, it was a way more less PC time, right? The yeah, right, yeah. So, big hair, Bon Jovi, whatever, and uh, and uh, you know, so so that, that that just that was just a surreal scene because. You know, most years, you know, I mean, that's a, that's a the one of the strangest, most bizarre outcomes in the history of college football. But that particular year, the game is over, and Vince was right. And he was right, yeah. How Joey long did G- that last, JC, that fumble? That, I, I think one, they, one they, they changed it back, like, yeah, really <laughs> soon. So, uh, Daddy-O says playing Notre Dame means instant recruiting optics. I agree. I mean, like yeah. – you want to beat name teams. Unfortunately, look, this is nothing against Illinois or Purdue, because um, Purdue may be the best team in the state of Indiana this year. They may be better than Notre Dame. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But and Illinois is a really good football team as well. Who would who could who would give Notre Dame a run for their money? But it's Notre freaking Dame. Yeah, yeah. like you, right. You can't beat the name recognition, and, and, right? And, yeah. and, and I, I am a, I am a college football homer. Okay, I mean, so I get into the. Like, uh, you know, duh, nah, 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 nah. I mean, I, I'm not saying I did or did not get a lump in my throat when I watched Rudy because, I mean, I know I got a picture of him holding a cold beer behind me, right? Yeah, hey, you, yeah. hey you, you guys, hey, look, Phil, there's the inside the Gamecocks, the show poster. Oh, man, yeah. You were talking yeah, about that yesterday. Yeah, Looking yeah. good. Can't wait. I got to get that up. Yeah. And, uh, and there's my picture of Rudy. I mean, I. Rudy, in that movie, half the time I think it's really touching. Half the time it gets on my dang nerves. But I, the, but the Gipper, like the uh, Newt Rockney All American, don't let me watch that. No. Just go out there one more time, win one for the Gipper. Win one for the Gipper. God. Anyway, <laughs> Notre Dame. So yeah, there is something you're right about that, Daddy. Uh, Saunders says still no Christian UNC fan. <laughs> he kind of came and went, didn't he? 
they, they like to pass through. They're just transient, you know, nomadic trolls. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Uh, Titan says Garrett Riley runs a balanced air raid <laughs> offense. Yeah, and I think that's what Brad was getting at. Brad, mm-hmm. I think, was referring to, like, what Leach does. Yeah, you don't want to um, run the Mike Leach offense. Because yeah. <laughs> these all, like, the Browse offense evolved out of that as well. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Uh, it, the, 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 the good air raids. And, look, I'm not taking anything away. Mike Leach is going to win seven, eight games a year at Mississippi State, right? Uh, oh, yeah. Just by, And his offense does work a lot, a lot in the SEC. Doesn't always. I'm not sure you can win a championship with it. But, uh, yeah, but you need balance. You need to be able to run the ball. That's what makes Garrett Riley and Sonny Dykes and how they've evolved their air raid differently. But and Dykes wasn't always like that. Neither was Josh Heupel. You know, Josh Heupel, at Missouri, his offense at Missouri was sort of, yeah, pass happy. I mean, they put up rushing yardage, but they, they their idea was just go fast, 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 score, 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 you know, all that. And, uh, like, like, you know, Carolina can definitely – uh, establish the run and all well, that. It'd be so. interesting to see what Heupel does without Hooker. You know how because it's going to adapt. You would assume that it'll evolve a bit, change. You know, without Hendon Hooker, but I don't know. They've got. Uh, I don't know if Milton's the answer, right? Yeah, <laughs> you can't just I'll oh, just chuck it down there and Jalen will be down there somewhere. No, I don't know if that's going to work. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Jalen, just do shit. Just look at you here, Spurry. Just, just throw it up deep to Jalen. Uh, I think we got. I think this guy maybe. I don't know. Browse did the Browse did nothing for Arkansas guy KFC. Don't. We don't need to put him on the screen. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I'm not sure about that. Uh, I don't know about that. Uh, U-Hop says JC yesterday. He said, "I know who I would have chosen to be the OC at South Carolina a long time ago, but I don't think you do that right now. Who you were talking about? Why not right now?" Uh, well, no, I, I, I was talking about like, if I were Will Muschamp and had it to do over again, you know, I would have just kept Bobby Bentley, just promoted Bobby as soon as Roper left or just handed him the keys to, to the start, to start it. Uh, I know that handing someone with only like two years college coaching experience, and that was at PC, the keys to your offense looks risky. I think it's more risky if you were him optics wise. In, in other words, fan base, you know, <laughs> outrage. Caught a lot of hell for that, but you know, yeah, well, well yeah, it, but if it had worked, that's a huge risk reward. For and, and it would have worked better than Kurt Roper, I, I oh, think, yeah. just because it's it, it's the same stuff Malzahn runs. I mean, it's a little bit different wrinkles in the past game and all that. Um, but you know, time went on, and uh, you know, Muschamp didn't do it, and then there was the, the fact that it, his son was the quarterback. Uh, but his offense will work in college, and you, we'll, we'll all see that at some school on some level, I think, at some point. Uh, and I think Jeff Scott made a mistake, quite frankly, you know, <laughs> did not not handed him the keys because I, I know his philosophy, uh, and, and I think great high school offenses, Phil, are much more likely to work at the college level than great uh, uh Pro offenses. <laughs> uh, Outside and, of the, you know, the, the the big private recruiting schools, I mean, you, yeah. you have to if you're going to be good, you, you're you're the whole key factor is you know less. I mean, more with less. More with less. Exactly. <laughs> you adapt to what you have. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So that was it. So, they, um, uh, Joey G says, JC and fellas listen to the game while fishing Saturday. Oh, you on the radio fishing, man. That nice. that. Well, you probably kept a little calm. 
I would think. And he's like, uh, thought Suggs was going to stroke out during the game. He was excited. Yeah, and I was, I was excited for Tommy. I mean, I, I think, you know, those guys, like I said, they have to be, they have to sit through every game and talk about it the whole game, mm-hmm. you know? Um, Todd says I'm in the panhandle at storming like crazy. Be careful, Todd. Yeah, man. Uh, game guy fan asked how to tell Tanner Bailey coming along. They love him. He's doing really well. John, he's a chat box new guy. Uh, one of the first times I've been in the chat box for Fayetteville, North Carolina. Great two weeks to be a Gamecock. Hope we can land an established OC. And I think I think established is, is probably important with this. Uh, Quantrell asked about Sam McCall for, from FSU. I, there may be some conversations, man, but I, I don't know about that. I, I just, you know, I don't know. Trent Dilfer hired as UAB's head coach. I know Trent a little bit because uh, oh. I covered the Elite 11 every year. Um, probably he's going to do a pretty good job. I don't know. I mean, he was pretty, he's pretty good at that. Um, the elite 11 coaching, but, uh, probably pretty good guy. Uh, I would think I, 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 a lot of people don't care for Dilfer. Dilfer. I like, I like Dilfer. Yeah, I don't um, know, you know, he is the most fortunate quarterback to have ever won a Super Bowl, though. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Talk about riding the back of a defense. <laughs> so, uh, Saunders says, I wonder if Chadwell will retain Bobby, or is that not official yet? The South Florida thing, uh, I have not heard of Chadwell going to South Florida, unless that uh, just broken or just something. Broken. Um, maybe it happens. Uh, that, if, I'm, if I'm USF, uh, I mean, if I'm Chadwell, though, man, I don't know that I even take that job, and I'll tell you why. You know they're in a tough situation because they 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 didn't get and Mike Morgan has a video up about this. It's, it's on our our YouTube page where he talks about USF and UCF and how USF was considered the up and coming program, but then they just got lapped by the school up I four and that school UCF got a ticket to the ball. You know Cinderella and uh, and USF's the ugly stepsister sitting at home. Um, they didn't, you know, it's, it's not, that's not quite like the fairy tale. I understand that the ugly stepsisters got to go and they left Cinderella a lot in a closet, which was crazy. I mean, imagine having that crazy family feel. Oh man. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> that's nuts down there. But, uh, Florida, so, man. so, so, so in a, in a, uh, in a storyline similar to Cinderella, I would think because USF was the ugly stepsister getting all. You know, thinking they could just play at Raymond James and not spend any money on facilities, and you know we're the mighty USF Bulls, uh, blah blah blah. Uh, and then you at UCF lapped them. They built a new stadium on campus. They have a large, passionate fan base, uh, and now they're going to the Big Twelve. Mm-hmm. And USF is still in the American. Still in the American. I know. So, yeah, I was just about way. to say that too. It was like, and now you're like really the little step brother or whatever now, because <laughs> you're not even Power Five. You can't get the power. You're the last one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that, that's the deal there. But I think, um, yeah, it, it's it's, it's a, and so it's bad. But they also have like these unrealistic standards. They just keep. I mean, they just ran off. They ran off Charlie Strong and Jeff Scott. And Jeff Scott, I mean, say what you want about him. I know Gamecock, that's not, he, they're not, he's not getting many Christmas cards from Gamecock fans. Uh, ran off Jeff Scott in three years. Uh, he came in during the pandemic. That's not a school where kids are like going to stay and not transfer if they have a, ch- a shot, you know, because it's a big commuter school. They play in a, a stadium that they don't get any fans to. I mean, it, it's, it's just, 
it, it's a tough gig. I mean, the, the the guy that won there was Levitt, and then Taggart won there after taking over what Leggett built. Um, I uh, I just think that you know that they need to give a coach a chance. I mean, they only gave Skip Holtz four years, so you got you know all these guys coming down with ties to South Carolina. Skip Holtz, you know, probably should have stayed at East Carolina a couple more years, and probably could have been coaching at UNC or NC State or anywhere mm-hmm. Virginia, you name it. Um, you know, I, so Jeff Scott, maybe he could have taken a better job in the, in the, in the group of five and still been employed. I don't know. Um, you know, Charlie strong jumped right into that gig and only lasted two years. Um, pretty and decent football coach. I mean, you know, not a bad football coach. Uh, and so, and we're, we're all familiar with all three of those guys, you know, Skip Holtz, Charlie strong, Jeff Scott, uh, Chad, here comes another one with Chadwell. I just I don't know. I I I think there may be better jobs. Uh but to answer your question, if Chadwell got the job, I'm I think because Willie Corns is OC. I mean, they got it. Bobby has to know him. Uh, I would think I haven't talked to anybody on that end for a while. Um, so okay, we have to go. Uh, I've got to explain the Kendall Browse thing again. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh so we'll talk about Kendall Browse uh, after these messages. Thanks to Brad Crawford for joining us earlier. Uh, and thanks to all you in the chat box. Don't forget Jamie Bradford coming up second hour right here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Just as your State Farm agent combines good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates, you can combine your home, auto, life, or small business insurance with Tony Pope's State Farm Insurance today. And guess what you'll get? That's right, even more good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates. In fact, Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. Once again, Tony Pope State Farm will help you mix and match perfectly. Call 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. If you're looking to sell or buy multifamily property right here in South Carolina, the Burgesson team of Remax at the Lake can help you get to closing fast and easy. Adam and Derek Burgesson both are very proud Gamecocks and are more than happy to assist you with any of your commercial real estate needs all across the state. You can email Adam at aburgesson at remax.net. That's A-B-E-R-G-E-S-O-N at remax.net to get your next deal underway. The Burgesson team, proud sponsors of Inside the Gamecocks.
Attention golfers of all ages and skill sets. Former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor will be a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina very, very soon. You want to take advantage of this opportunity. If you're like me and you got to get a whole lot better at golf, or even if you're looking to refine your swing, Meredith is the person you need to go to. She's competing in her final USGA Mid-Amateur Tournament this summer before going full-time into teaching and coaching individuals. If you're in South Carolina, Meredith will be conducting in-person golf lessons at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course. She'll play 9 or 18 with you. If you're out of state, though, this is really exciting. She'll be conducting virtual lessons. You can send in your swing for her expert analysis. Also, in November, she'll launch an online course with video instruction for all ages and skill levels. Meredith has 20-plus years of knowledge, former SEC golfer, all of that. So contact her on Twitter, at Taylor at M-E-R-T-A-Y-L-O-R, or go to McKellarEnterprises.org. McKellar is spelled M-C-K-E-L-L-A-R, Enterprises.org. Her email is on the website, so you can connect with her for any other questions. Go get your golf game in order. Take advantage of Meredith Taylor and her services. This is Coach O. Now back to the show. Go Tigers in the soul. Welcome back to Inside the Gamecocks, the show, everybody. Brought to you by Express Sunrooms of Columbia. Give John Barber a call. The scroll at the bottom has the telephone number, and I unfortunately didn't write it down, but it, it is 803-446-4662, or contact John by email, B at expresssunrooms.com. Cindy Searfoss sponsors the first hour of the show at Coldwell Banker Kane Realty here in the Upstate. Give Cindy a call for your Upstate residential real estate needs, 864-414-5271. All right. Got it. Cleaned it up. Brought it Clean home. it up. Brought it home, <laughs> Phil. Um, uh, Craig asked uh, some high school kids. Carolina's still on uh, at wide receiver. Caden Lee uh, out of Kennesaw Mountain, Georgia. Yeah, that'd be a pretty good get. He's a borderline four-star, really, really good player, I think. Kind of reminds me a little bit style-wise of Kenny McKinley, maybe, um, the late Kenny McKinley. Um, so the Gamecocks are uh, still in on him. Uh, they've also got Edwin Joseph, who I really like. I mean, look, man, when it gets down to it, I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you this, Phil. Here's a rule. Here's one of JC's recruiting rules. Hmm. When you get down to it and, you know, you, you don't have – you know, Carolina, uh, South Carolina, the state of this year probably doesn't have, you know, the wide receiver talent that maybe it usually does. I, I think the kid from Greenville High that's going to Clemson probably is going to end up being a really good player. But uh, you know, not a lot of guys, right? Uh, at least the Gamecocks won't, and that's their that's Justin Step and those guys' job to go out there and find it. Um, and so you go and you tried to get Great House to, to uh, Notre Dame beat you on a kid, and he's from Austin, Texas, so that was probably going to happen. And you know, you go head to head with Georgia on some guys, and and you lose them, you know, right? Ohio State, whoever, because that's kind of just how it goes. <laughs> You're going to lose kids to Ohio State and Georgia and Notre Dame in those schools. Uh, I'm taking my butt to South Florida, uh, just like just like they're doing, uh, and, yep. and and I'm fi- I'm finding players because. Uh, and Edwin Joseph's that kind of guy. He could play corner. Uh, some schools like him as a corner, but they let Carolina likes him as a receiver. He's fast uh, as all get out. So I, 
you know, I think the guy, uh, you know, uh, is a, is a, is a pretty really special type of player. Uh, he's in the athlete category, obviously, along with Nick Harbor and, um, uh, who is it? Kelton Henderson is in that category too. All those receiver and all that good stuff. But I would, you know, that's where I'm going. Also, Isaiah, Isaiah, I guess you'd say it, Isaiah, A-Z-I-A-H Johnson, 6'2", 175-pound athlete from Thomas Jefferson High School in Richmond, Virginia, home of one Juice Wells. Mm. Uh, that's another guy they're kind of in on, and, and he's kind of a late riser out of the state of Virginia, Michigan State, Virginia Tech, North Carolina's offered him, South Carolina's in the mix. Torian Gray's recruiting him. Uh, I think he's more of a DB because uh, Torian's in on him. But uh, – uh, that would be another guy. So th- those are kind of the high school guys I'm keeping track with. Of course, Robert Henry, the JUCO running back, and then Blackstock, the JUCO tackle, and then uh, Elijah Davis, the, the defensive tackle, obviously still out there uncommitted. Uh, along with, again, when is early signing day? It's different this year. I feel of it. Maybe we can get on the good. I, I don't want to tell people wrong. It's in December. Yeah. Um, and that's going to kind of be the focus uh, of Beamer and his staff here. Uh, starting next week, but they uh, they changed the calendar up this year. You, they're, they're not they're not allowed to go on the road this week, and it's funny because guess what? Ohio State went on the road. <laughs> no, there's a literally a picture of their coaches in a living room doing an in home. Oh wow! And <laughs> somebody somebody's getting fired today. Yeah. I mean, dude, yeah. so whoever yeah. was in charge of putting their coaches on the road is getting canned. Uh, I think, I mean, I've, I haven't seen a more, I mean, it's an honest mistake, you know, but mm-hmm. even even Shane Beamer said in his press conference before the Clemson game, well, it's different this year because we don't immediately go and hit the road. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You got it is the period is uh, December 21 through 23. Oh, that's going to be yeah. fun. So December mm-hmm. 21st, hold on to thy, I mean, be uh, 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 be sure to tune right in here on the show. <laughs> yeah, be uh, in, yeah. <laughs> and then keep, keep in mind the portal opens on the, the this next Monday. Okay, yeah, Monday. Yeah, mm-hmm. and portal kids are different. You're not going to get because uh, I know everybody last year Phil lost their mind because the Gamecocks all of a sudden were like the, on the start of signing day they were sixth in the SEC in recruiting. By the end, they were 13th. <laughs> and and it, it basically was just the, the numbers didn't shake out. Uh, and, and they put more weight on high school players. And they lost that kid to Maryland, Barham, that would have boosted them up oh, to probably yeah. like eight. Um, I, I don't. I think it's going to be an excellent high school signing day this year unless there's some unwelcome development, which always can happen in recruiting. But, uh, you know, like Brad, like Brad said earlier, it's a top 15 class. Uh, it's heavy on linemen. Uh, the Gamecocks have kind of found uh, some really good players in Maryland and the District of Columbia, which is important. I think they've done great work in Georgia this year. Um, Grayson Howard is a stud at linebacker. Uh, you've got Xavier McLeod, Xavier on Hardy at D-tackle, Desmond Umiazulu at edge. Those are all four-star guys. Big Tree Babalade, which is a great name to say. Mm-hmm. Um uh, I, I can't wait for Todd to to, to, to try to check that. It's Desmond Yu. Oh, yeah, Desmond Yu and, and Big well, Tree. That's, hey, that's what we're going to get. <laughs> I, I did notice Todd took a chapter out of the J.C. Sherbert School of Broadcasting book uh, with the Clemson quarterback. Uh, and uh, just called him DJ the whole just game. Just call him DJ. <laughs> he just yeah. called him DJ. <laughs> hey, I, I, that's what I do. I don't try to pronounce it. I'm going to lie. I mean, because I'm worried I'll get it wrong. 
Oh, by the way, Montague Rames, uh, who's now at Manning High School or Johnny Sumter, he's a he's a guy that, you know, Phil, I thought borderline three, I mean, not, not borderline three, probably a mid three, you know, that mm-hmm. may grow into a tackle. Kids shot up to six five, reshaped his body. He's built now he's like built like Cliff Matthews uh, coming out of high school. Yeah, he's a good looking player. Nice. Um, this offensive line, another another kid to keep an eye on in this class that's recently gotten bumped up to four stars uh, is Vakari Swain out of Carrollton, Georgia. Uh, go turn on his film. I mean, he's fast. They're they're probably going to use him at corner. He may be a wide receiver, and I, and I like it that they got a lot of guys like this. They can kind of decide when they get there. Mm-hmm. Keep in mind, Pharaoh Cooper, Tory Gurley. Uh, were both Bruce Ellington to a certain extent, although I think they definitely had him on offense. Those were all guys that when the previous staff or, or the Spurs staff recruited them, they didn't really know where they are going to play. Yeah, uh, no. And then they figured it out. Um, I think the current uh, makeup of this recruiting class really speaks to uh, the the ability of this coaching staff and the understanding this coaching staff has of how to use the portal. Cause I know there's still some, some schools out there who either don't uh, <clears throat> or uh, some, some who don't do it as well, yeah. uh, just because you can't find these linemen and stuff inside the port. It's tough to get a good O lineman from. Yes. The but it's, yeah. So you're going to have to rely on finding that talent and developing it. Uh, now, granted, offensive and defensive linemen take a bit more development than some of the more skilled players or skilled mm-hmm. positions and things like that. But uh, that's really what you want to see heavily weighted in your high school signing class because of just the lack of players in the portal that you can't, you can't just go get them. They're not. Yeah, there. especially on the line. And you're right, Phil, mm-hmm. you hit the nail on the head. This That's that's why they're going JUCO for offensive linemen or mm-hmm. tackles. Because I, I think last year – Last year, JUCO recruiting was kind of murky because of the pandemic. Uh, some of those schools shut their programs down for two years. I mean, they there weren't a lot of guys, you know, and, and, and I think the staff kind of said, well, if we need a tackle, we'll go check it out in the portal and see it. And otherwise, no. Mm-hmm. And, and, and there just wasn't – there weren't a lot of guys. I mean, I think Osiris Torrance from Louisiana, who went with Billy Napier to Florida, was probably the best guy. Uh, maybe maybe the kid from Vandy that went to Alabama, but those guys ended up on the interior. So really, the tackles were in, in short supply. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think this year they're like, all right, well, you know, we could use some older tackles because uh, you're losing DJ Wanham and all those guys. Let's go, let's go get them. And so they got Isaiah Jada and the Blackstock kid will be coming in uh, if they can get him or, or whatever. But yeah, and you're right, Phil. And, and I think this is a must champism, or it may just be something I've heard from football coaches a while. I can't remember where I heard it first. The closer you are to the ball, okay, the harder it is uh, to get in there and play early. In other yeah. words, your linemen, your quarterbacks are close. They quarterbacks are obviously tough, um, but receiver, you know, DB, yeah, that's all right. Linebacker, so so safeties, obviously they're not close to the ball. Game Pass has done pretty well with true freshman there this year. <laughs> Uh, so that's uh, that's the deal there. But yeah, I, I'm looking forward to getting into recruiting big time. I think uh, you know we'll, we'll talk about that a bunch uh, over the next few weeks, and there'll be some players, and uh, you know they'll pop up, you know, portal and otherwise uh, that we'll see what you know kind of what goes down. Uh, Gamecock men's basketball is in action today or tonight. Yeah. Sorry, 9 p.m. Eastern uh, in D.C. against George Washington. Uh, and that'll be on CBS Sports Network at the Charles Smith Center uh, against the Colonials. 
Gamecocks uh, outscored at USC Upstate in the second half, 40-22 to to win the other day and snap a three-game losing streak. And then uh, on Saturday, they'll just stay in D.C. toward mm-hmm. our nation's capital. Uh, and Saturday, uh, they tip off at Georgetown. They'll play Georgetown um, for, at noon uh, on Fox Sports 1. Uh, and that, that should be interesting. I don't know how Georgetown's doing in basketball this year. I'll have to uh, pick it up. Gamecocks, of course, beat both of those teams, I believe, last year. George Washington may have been two years ago, but uh, so First chance to, road test for the team, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Ch- chance to make some noise in DC or or, or not, mm-hmm. <laughs> or be, be cannon cannon fodder for the Colonials <laughs> and and a biscuit for the Hoyas. That's that? right, and yeah, the women pulled out the win against UCLA yesterday after being fighting back from ten points down. They played a real sloppy game at the beginning of it, but found yeah. themselves. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I watched I watch most of that. I got I got roped into going to a bingo night last night, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, those things can get out of control, and it's not me getting out of control. There, there's people that really, really take it seriously. Uh, and I watch most of the women's game. <laughs> I think I text Keith. I was like. Ah, this team's playing entitled. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. I was just like, I, 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 you know, bingo night was all loud. I'm just sitting there going, oh, the women are stinking it up a little bit. I'm like, entitlement. And I was like, no. <laughs> and then they just turned it on, and boom, that game was over. But big yeah. win uh, over top 15 UCLA. UCLA came all the way across the country to play the Gamecocks in, in Columbia. That's That says a lot about the program. Um, so, yeah, so that's the, the basketball thing for right now. Uh, Zach mentions the – all right, so Kendall Browse. I, I want to explain to this, and I want to – I want folks to, 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 to understand why um, – and Brad is high on him, I'm high on him. Uh, I think, frankly, I, I think – my opinion on based on what I've heard is Kendall's probably going to be out, out at Arkansas, but I think there could be some other schools in play, namely Auburn. Uh, and I, and I don't know for sure that he's the top guy at South Carolina. I just know he's somebody Shane's interested in, but the reason I like the offense, because Zach mentions um, he feels like Browse is too run oriented. Now, now I'll say this. You're absolutely correct. If, if you just look, if you look at Arkansas's offense and you think, well, he's just going to come here and do that. That, but see, the, the, here's the beauty of it. Kendall Brown's offense is a is a chameleon. It it, it can it can because it, it's you know it's like his dad's, so they can go from like, you know, the big steam train, powertrain built like a tight end running quarterback with a big offensive line, uh, if that's their skill. And look, Arkansas's receivers were not all that great this year. Uh, Hasselwood had a decent year. I think, you know, Trey Knox to tie it in, obviously. But they – there were some guys they got out of the portal at receiver that we talked about with Trey Biddy on the show before the Arkansas game uh, that had some big reps, right, coming in. Uh, one of them was back in the portal, you know. And the, the, the Xanders or Landers kid from Georgia was okay. Uh, and, and, you know, you, you don't want K.J. Jefferson. That, that's how you stop him is you, you make him throw it out of the pocket 40 times a game. But if they had a quarterback like Spencer Rattler, then that offense all of a sudden looks like, you know, kind of what Tennessee does. Yeah. It, you yeah know? The, the scheme would be adapted to the skill set of the players. Yeah. And that's yeah. and that's that's the beauty of it, it, it with the Kendall Browse system is that. And, you know, you look back through the years at, at FAU when, you know, he and Lane had it rolling for a year down there and they didn't use a playbook. That was awesome. Uh, that guy was just a, he was a passer. I mean, they threw it all over the place. But uh, and that's 
when Brad talks about the balance and I talk about the balance, because um, that, that system is also designed to, to, to make sure you can run the football in creative mm-hmm. ways, in creative ways. So that, that's, the, that's what I want to explain to people. Don't just go look at this past season and go, well, that's what they're going to do. You know, that's what they're going to do. Um, John says, I love Justin Stepp, but no way he's getting looked at for OC. He's never called plays and Shane Wolf's experience and track record. Uh, I agree, and I can confirm that, but maybe he helps out for the bowl or something. And then I, I think Stepp eventually could be a guy somewhere. I mean, I think he's got that kind of ability. But, you know, like like we've talked about on the show, you, you can't have – this can't be an experiment. And it's not Shane's fault necessarily. It's uh, it's kind of how the – uh, the the I guess the alignment of of offensive coordinators tires have gone here, a lot of a uh, lot of experimenting, you know that kind of thing. Uh, so uh, that's the deal there. Uh, Taylor says, didn't Arkansas win only six games this year though, or something like that? I'm not sure. Well, I don't. I, you know, KJ Jefferson was hurt middle part of the year. Um, I think they had some other guys that if you looked at look at what what's going on with the portal and the opt outs. Uh, I, I'm not saying Pittman lost the locker room because it's not my job to sit here and be critical of Arkansas football. Yes, it is, JC. Yes, <laughs> it is. Go Hogs. I'm, I'm, I, I'm telling you this right now. Kendall Browse. Kendall Browse needs to be run out of town. It's uh, sent on the first train to Columbia, South Carolina because of what he did to the offense this year. Whatever, Bill. Yeah. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Roll uh, the dice on that one, yeah. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. But uh, – I, uh, I I think he'd be per- perfect at South Carolina, and you guys will see. You know, uh, and look if he if he tried to run what he did at Arkansas at South Carolina, I'll eat this visor um, number one, and I'll eat my words, and I'll say, "Ooh, this was not good." But uh, I, my, my just looking at his career and knowing a lot about him, uh, that's not what he do. Now, I don't know if he's the guy or not. He's the, he's the name a lot of people are kind of buzzing about behind the scenes. But I also know he could come into play for, with Hugh Freeze at Auburn. I, if I'm him, I'm not doing that. But because uh, uh, Hugh kind of runs his own thing. But to keep in mind, Hugh Freeze hired Phil Longo and Dan Werner, so it's not like he doesn't have a, a coordinator position. Um, maybe he says, uh, "Maybe I'm wrong," but I have a suspicion Landon Sampson will transfer back to TCU when all is said and done. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I think. Uh, you know, I, you get the sit. You kind of because he redshirted this year. You hadn't heard anything about it. I mean, he's put on weight, that kind of thing. Um, and uh, you know, that's uh, that that's the deal there. But anytime a kid comes from all the way across the country in Texas and he redshirts uh, and he's used to play it and he, and he played all his life, uh, and he did have that late offer from his favorite program at the time, TCU. I, you know, I uh, you. you I think that leads to that speculation, but I haven't heard anything uh, to indicate that. J-Rock says, JC, have you heard anything about Garrett Riley not taking the job if Rattler comes back? No. I mean, in fact, well, you know, I know it's Lincoln's brother, and so you, you're sitting there going, uh, 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 uh. <laughs> but uh, uh, not, not you, J-Rock. I'm trying to think here. I'm sorry. That's dramatic pause there. Uh, I, I I don't know, uh, but I don't think Garrett Riley is taking the job regardless. Uh, and I'll tell you this right now, with the other guys, anybody else that's in play, 
Spencer Rattler coming back will be, I, I would think, a huge bonus. Who, who wouldn't want to coach that guy uh, yeah. right now? Uh, and if Juice Wells and Spencer Rattler both come back, uh, yeah, somebody's crawling on their belly through glass to get there. Mm -hmm. uh, all right, guys, we got to step to the side and we have to go uh, take a break because JB is already in the house. And I, I can't wait to have this conversation this week. So Jamie, Jamie Bradford coming in on the show is Wednesday segment right here inside the Game Crashers show back after these messages. If you're a listener, you know I feel strongly that if you're in the upstate and are in need of real estate services, Cindy Searfoss is your go-to person. Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane uh, can help you with any of your realty needs right there in the upstate of South Carolina, Greenville, Spartanburg, Anderson, Oconee, uh, Pickens, wherever you are. Cindy can help you with that. She's married to a die-hard Gamecock fan, has been in the upstate for more than 35 years. Right there in my hometown of Spartanburg, Daniel Morgan Avenue. Contact Cindy, 864-414-5271, or email ccearfoss, C-S-E-A-R-F-O-S-S, at cbcane.com, C-B-C-A-I-N-E. That's Cindy Searfoss, a proud sponsor of the Inside the Gamecocks podcast. Check her out. We've already gotten several emails from listeners uh, that are very impressed with her professionalism and her ability to help you with your real estate needs. 864-414-5271, Cindy Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane. If you're looking to sell or buy multifamily property right here in South Carolina, the Burgesson team of Remax at the Lake can help you get to closing fast and easy. Adam and Derek Burgesson both are very proud Gamecocks and are more than happy to assist you with any of your commercial real estate needs all across the state. You can email Adam at aburgesson at remax.net. That's A-B-E-R-G-E-S-O-N at remax.net to get your next deal underway. The Burgesson team, proud sponsors of Inside the Game. Gamecocks. Family. Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it, let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Hey, 
Hey folks, JC here. I've told you about Nana's Porch over and over again. They sponsor our chat box on the show. Uh, don't take my word for it, though. I wanted you to hear from Gamecock pitcher Noah Hall about our sponsor, Nana's Porch. Nana'sPorch.com. Go there. Food, truck, catering, whatever you need. Uh, take it away, Noah. What's up, Gamecock fans? This is pitcher Noah Hall. If you want some delicious food for your event, I suggest visiting nanasports.com today to find out what they all have to offer it's really good southern cuisine based out of charlotte my hometown i hope you guys go check it out go cox and go nanas this is braylon this is braylon wimmer south carolina gamecock baseball and you are listening to inside the gamecocks the show with jc and phil go cox Welcome back to Inside the Gamecocks, the show, everybody. The show is sponsored by Express Sunrooms in Columbia. Give John Barber a call uh, or shoot him an email at jbarber at expresssunrooms.com. And we are joined on the McKellar Enterprises guest line by uh, Jamie Bradford. Jamie, how you feeling? I'm obviously tripping over my words and can't get my S together right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> Hey man, you, you, you didn't get blindsided by bingo night last night. Yeah, no, I didn't. And, 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 and fire off a, a, a mean text to, to your buddy about the women's basketball team. I mean, we've all had our issues, right? You know, yeah. it's, it's okay. It's okay. We got the Mickey gear on. Yeah. Citrus Bowl is looking promising. Uh, Jamie, what what a time to, to for this program. I, I talked to somebody that. Graduated Carolina in the 60s last night, uh, catching up with an old friend. He says he's never seen anything like this in the history of this program, not in 84, uh, not anything the last two weeks. So uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah. Oh, man. What a, what a run. I mean, what a run. Two weeks ago at this time, we were, we were dreading going into the Tennessee game. And uh, two weeks later, I mean, honestly – uh, you know, on it. I mean, you you can make the case. Uh, not not trying to, you know, see it through garnet glasses, guys. But you can make the case. There's not a football team in the country that's hotter than the Gamecocks right now. Uh, every team in Flo- every bowl in Florida wants them. I would venture a guess that there's a couple of bowls outside of Florida that probably want them too. Um, you know, they're 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 something to see, and uh, it's the whole country has has watched it the last couple of weeks. I think it combined 10 million viewers or something like that have watched the Gamecocks beat their rivals, Clemson, and uh, and, and whip Tennessee. And, um, you know, there's been a lot of positive energy from coast to coast about Gamecock football. And uh, it's not just within our borders. And it's just bravo to Shane Beamer for keeping the train on the tracks. I- I'll tell you what. You know, you guys, y'all, y'all know Shane. I know Shane a little bit. This, this is it's a personal story, but this is to me what makes Shane Shane. And it's not even remotely close to what he does, what he's been doing, you know, as the actual coach of the program. But I sent him a text on Saturday and I said, Congratulations, Shane. Go Gamecocks. And I thought, ah. Next time I hear from Shane, it'll be when I'm on the radio with him or popping in in the facility or something. Two hours later, I got a text back. 
It said, "Thanks, JB. Special time. Go Cox." Yeah. Why? 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 He had probably a thousand text messages. He did not have to respond. I didn't expect him to respond to me at all. And but when he got hired, when he got hired at South Carolina, these were the stories that everybody was telling. JC, you were on my show a lot. Mm-hmm. Bill, you've heard it. We we we. We heard this all the time from different people, you know, uh, that would say, yeah, you know, I I would send Shane a text and he would respond or he'd be driving through town and he would text me or call me. Hey, how you doing? And they're like, he never forgets. He definitely keeps receipts, but he never, ever forgets. And he thinks that everybody can somehow have a positive impact on his program and bravo to him because people have you know some of the idiots they come up with these nicknames for him the clapper and this that and the other well who i bet you were clapping on saturday weren't you (laughs) yeah you know i bet he had you clapping alongside him on saturday didn't he you know his energy his positivity and, and 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 his understanding of people have helped bring gamecock football back they are back and there's going to be changes in the offseason. They've already started. There's going to be roster changes. Probably going to be a guy or two that leaves that you're going to raise your eyebrows, and then there's going to be the negativity. Oh, I don't know. Shane can do it. No, he's got them back. They're there. They're close. They're there. And uh, what what a moment. The nightmare <laughs> over. Club, the club is back. Yeah. <laughs> The Clemson nightmare, definitely. That's uh, and, and that was the thing. And I, you know, someone on the Big Spur gave me props for sticking to my guns and, and saying, "Look, keeping Sat the last two games really is not a bad thing." I said, "You know," and I because I saw it from Beamer's perspective. I, I did say that if it were me, I'd have probably pulled the plug after Missouri, right? Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, when you got down to those last two, when, the writing was on the wall. I think after Missouri, from what I've heard, I've also heard after Florida, whatever, uh, you know, rather than throw the program into chaos mid-year, which is what, you know, even even if the offense is clunky, you know, you start changing coordinate, changing things up coaching-wise, you know, these players have been hearing one voice all year. They all of a sudden hear a new voice, and then you got to go play a top-five team, and then you got to play your rival. You know, it takes time to get adjusted. So rather than do that, what he did, which was genius – uh, he just looked at what they had on offense and put guardrails on it and said, look, this, this is way too complicated. Uh, you know, this is what we're going to do. We're going to, quote, unquote, mainstream everything, right? Uh, and it, it was two beautiful games on that side of the ball, and Spencer Rattler played like Spencer Rattler. So, you know, hats off to him. That that's And, and people talk all the time, well, he's never been a coordinator this day, and I think that's bogus bull crap. But he is a guy that I think is a very capable head football coach, and that's what head football coaches do, Jamie. They make the tough decisions right or wrong, uh, and they, they you know, reap the benefits and suffer the consequences. But in this case, he absolutely reaped the benefits and absolutely made the right call to not pull the plug uh, right there with two games to go. No doubt. You know, I mean, to, like you said, you said it perfectly. That's You can't say it any better than that. Coaches – get paid to make tough decisions no matter what all of us think i mean i mean we're we, look we're all coaches at heart we all know better than these idiots that run these programs <laughs> i mean shane and and coach tanner and all these guys are the, they're a bunch of morons 
All the fans know way more than they do. And they, if they would just listen, we'd never lose, ever. We'd never lose a game. We'd score 100 points every game. The Gamecock baseball team score 20 runs a game. They throw a no-hitter every game. They throw a no-hitter. I mean, it, 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 the, the, the freaking basketball program would look like the Bulls with Michael Jordan. I mean, if, we, if they just listen to us. Well, actually, it's the opposite. You know, and, and look, coaches make mistakes, and, and that's how it goes. But, you know, Shane Beamer, I mean, we, we still have to remember something. He just completed his second year at South Carolina. And not just within our, within our, our fan base or within our state, the whole country really questioned this. Mm-hmm. You know, and no, nobody really bought into it. Yeah, it was a Beamer. Uh, yeah, he's been places with good coaches, but they all said the same stuff you've said, JC. You know, some of the guys at CB East or, or other, you know, other places um, who really there was no thought in it. You know, Beamer gets hired and and, and there's just no thought. Ah, it's just Carolina football. They'll never be good without Steve Spurrier. Well, they were all wrong because they don't know either. You know, and so, you know, but the thing with Shane is that he, he understands something because he helped build what Steve – had here he understands that their eight wins is a great turnaround but at South Carolina like there was a time right that it started to change under coach Spurrier where we were just expecting to beat Clemson we were expecting to beat Tennessee that's why everybody's been so frustrated over the last seven years mm-hmm. because the expectations changed under Steve and Shane helped create that and he knows that while eight and four in a turnaround, maybe nine and four, maybe it's eight and five. I don't know. But at the end of the day, they've broken a bunch of streaks. They've turned the corner. They're they're not where he thinks that they can be because he's seen where they can be. He was here when they were in Atlanta playing for an SEC championship. And let me show you how close this is, everybody. Think about this for a second. Right, right now, if 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 chalk holds this weekend, you've got your playoff. The top four or the top four, they're all in. All right, if chalk holds. When they go to 12, Carolina is a bad loss away from Missouri from either being in the playoff or knocking on the door. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So think mm-hmm. so think about that for a second. Because, because if you I mean, I get it. They're a loss away. I understand that. But one, not four, not three, not five, one damn game of crappy football. And you finish the year on a flurry like this, and you're going, now how the hell are you gonna keep us out at nine and three? Because you yeah. so like that's how close they can get if they keep the train on the tracks. And Shane knows that. So it's how do we win eight again? And how do we find a way to get a couple of more? And this year, had they had a consistency on offense, they would have gotten at least one more, if not two. And, and he knows that. You know, there's a lot of stuff to go into this. You got to keep special teams going. And we all, we all we can talk football another day. But the grand picture of it is that he has turned the corner and now it's time to accelerate. And his foot's on the gas pedal. Absolutely. And it starts next week with recruiting and this offensive coordinator hire and whatever bowl uh, comes the Gamecocks way. And then next season, because in, depending on who you get back and who you bring in, uh, and we all know it's fluid in college football these days, or, and who you, who you lose, you know, um, I, think, uh, I think it could be a special year. I think it's going to be a good year anyway. Uh, just call me crazy, you know, <laughs> Beamer, uh, don't count Beamer out. Okay, 15 wins. If he gets 16 in the bowl, he's uh, set the record for most wins in the two year, first two years. Uh, passes. He's tied with Morrison, Muschamp, and Spurrier right now. Uh, so it's, and, and then check this out. 
He has been five of his 15 wins, JB. He's been a double digit underdog. Yes, and one. Uh, and really, there's there, 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 you could make if you wanted to kind of fudge the numbers, you could say six because Kentucky, before they knew Levis was not going to play, that line was 11 and opened at 11 and a half. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, at some point, it was a double digit and a six, and six win. That's, that's more than the third of your wins. Um, so don't, don't count him out. I mean, that's, uh, uh, I think there's something said for belief, and I, I think that has 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 been, you know, one of the things about this program is, is in spite of some awful games, some blowout losses, uh, and there have been a lot of them. You know, there's been the Gamecocks get up off the mat, and you know, two top ten, ten top, two top ten wins in a row, and they're Tennessee and Clemson. Uh, that's got Gamecock heaven. You know, I almost think sometimes for all of us. Uh, and this would be, you know, that, you know, these earthquakes they've been having in the Midlands. I almost think that's like a sign that like after the Florida game, like we all got off the show Friday night before Tennessee and the the earth exploded. And we're all sitting here in a parallel universe, <laughs> like, like plugged into the matrix or something where it's like, oh yeah, you're kind of like a choose your own adventure. Uh, right. So, um, all right. So I got to address this and Phil Daniels, um, not Daniels, Ryan W. Oh, first of all, Welcome to James, James Dom. He says, I didn't know about this live show. We'll spread the word uh, and love to know how you found out about it. If you're just kind of chilling uh, and, and looking at Gamecock stuff on YouTube and found us. Thank you. Please spread the word. We love and we've had record numbers like our audience on, on our, our live audience. Our, our podcast audience is, is pretty stable, but our live audience guys doubled from the high it's ever been on Monday. It doubled. Um and so there's that. Okay, so uh, in 76 mentions, Jaheim Bell's going to the NFL regardless. Yeah, I don't know that he's going after this year. Uh, I, I feel better about him sticking with South I, Carolina. I've, I've, I've heard differently on that. Oh, on Jaheim? Yeah. Well. No, no, I, 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 I'm not saying he won't go to the NFL, I, 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 but I have not heard that that is in any, any way, shape, or form set in stone for Jaheim Bell. That he's going into the NFL or leaving right. the program? Or either, either, either way. Uh, I yeah, mean, yeah. The, the the hire is going to be very important to Jaheim, to to all of them. I mean, there, there's 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 guys, yeah, there's guys who are probably who are considering options. Okay, yeah. I mean, that's the name of the game today. It it happens sure. at Alabama. And then when oh they, yeah, the everywhere. Yeah, you know these guys are going. Eh, you know, I don't know. I mean, you know, maybe it, maybe I'll be better off somewhere else. I mean, you get people don't understand this. It's not like they just go home. They go. Ah, screw it! I'm transferring. I mean, you you got guys that come at them all season long from everywhere. High school coaches are called. Hey, look, man, I got this guy at so and so, and he's he'd really like to have you. And here's what they're going to do: they're kids. You get opportunities, you get offers thrown your way. You know, you, you got there's a lot going on. You know, and and so we, we don't we don't know, but let's put it this way: of the four superstars on offense, Lloyd Rattler, Bell. Juice, it's not a foregone conclusion that any of them will not be back next year. That's just incorrect if anybody says that. That they will not be back. Right. Yeah. There's a chance they could all return. Yeah. I, I think so, too. I feel better about Jaheim returning now than maybe I did. Because for a while there, I was like, a, he's in the he-gone category. Uh, yeah, he but uh, I, I feel better about him doing it. I don't – in 76 is the NFL. I don't, I don't know that he's quite ready for the NFL. I do think he could get drafted. Um but anyway, so here's something I want to address too. Ryan says, JC is what I'm hearing with Sean Elliott have legs. 
this is a tough one to get into. Um, I can't say I have not heard similar musings. Uh, I don't know that anything is official. Uh, I'll just say this. It, it, if it happened, it would not, you know, you kind of sit there and go, was well, he going to get fired at Georgia State? <clears throat> you have to kind of understand his life situation. Uh, and, and the fact his family still is in Columbia, uh, that Georgia State job, frankly, I think he's taking it as far as it can go right now. Please don't tell our friend Ben Moore that. Um, but, uh, <laughs> you, you know, so I, I would – I, I can't – I'll just say it with that. I, I can't rule it out that yeah. Sean Elliott would return to South Carolina. Um, ben Moore was more sure that he was – that they were going to win that game than any other game on their schedule this year. Oh, yeah. yeah. I didn't hear him. Yeah, yeah. No, he was very confident going into that opener. <laughs> I, 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 he was so confident, guys. I put out a disclaimer, right? Saying if you run into Ben Moore and he's had a few drinks and he's talking smack before the game, he's like, don't talk smack back to him. Uh, and I didn't think he talked smack. I was like, I, I just don't pick on Ben Moore because of this. I mean, come on. He's a Georgia State fan. I mean, that's that life has to be tough. You're a Georgia State fan. You get together with 20 of your friends in the Brave Stadium and watch football and, and all that, and, and, and their basketball is just okay. I mean, they're in downtown. I mean, yeah, it's a big commuter school. They, all should, that win. Stuff. they should win. They're in Atlanta. Yeah. Look, none, of, none of this I, – I, 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 can I help you squash this? Let me help you squash this. Yeah, on the Elliott thing? Uh, yeah, look, I'm not I'm not saying any well, – I don't know what Sean's going to do. Who knows? Yeah. Here's what we do know. they got to hire an offensive coordinator. So everybody shelve that crap until they figure out who's going to coach the offense. When they mm -hmm. find an offensive coordinator, you're going to get the rest of your answers. Period. The end. That's what, that's it. Yeah. Shane said it yesterday on 107.5. You got to get an OC in place. That's going to that's the rest of it will fall into place after that. I'll last say year, that, yeah. Last year, JC, you kept telling everybody, everybody take a breath. We'll see what happens in the offseason. Just just breathe. Let it play out. Mm -hmm. Let it play out. Let it play out. Let it play out. Yeah. Well, it went eight and four. Played out all right. You know, yeah. it, was a, it was a rocky road to get here. Let's just. Calm down. We'll yeah, I would. I, but I can say that behind the scenes, I've heard uh, some uh, talk about that. So that's why I just I don't want to like rule it out. Uh, but I don't want to sit here and say it's definitely going to happen either. I just sort of keep an eye on because it is kind of a when you're talking about a sitting head coach in Division One, uh, uh, you know, at, at the at the D one FBS level coming back to be an assistant somewhere. I mean, that is a little unprecedented. But I just can't rule it out. What? Well, I, you, tough pecker, Jones. <laughs> <laughs> hey, tough pecker, I got one line for you. Drop your nuts. Drop your nuts. <laughs> is that a daggum Gamecock with a uh, – what is your avatar, dude? Is, with a knife and a – Oh, God. Jeez. Tough dude, pecker. that's amazing. Tough Elliot, pecker, uh, drop your nuts. And Eddie, he said Elliot was a great O-like. <laughs> tough pecker. Uh, so anyway, uh, anyway, uh, we'll see what happens with that, but I, I just don't want to sit here and like say, no, nah, he would never do that. And then it happens because I, th there's, well, I, some, there's, there's nothing thought. to speculate on. They don't have an offensive coordinator when they yeah. get one, we can start speculating. I mean, Shane is not going to hire an OC and then say, Oh, by the way, here's your, here's your line. Line. Yeah. yeah. You got to work with this guy. Way. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Although Will Muschamp did that. <laughs> yeah, well, they're, they're, they're two different coaches. I mean, they are two different guys. He does let his guys do it. I will say this. He's no longer a head coach anywhere anymore. <laughs> Look, yeah. the, one thing, the one thing that Shane – we've already talked about this. If And this was obviously before 
the change of set. But we've already talked about this, guys. The one thing that Shane will there, there not the one thing. There are multiple reasons why an offensive coordinator would want to come to South Carolina. Okay, number mm-hmm. one, regardless of what anybody says, and y'all both know this is true. What I'm about to say, mm-hmm. Ray Tanner and Chance Miller are not closing the checkbook for Shane. Mm-hmm. They're going to give him what he needs to go make it work. Period. The end. Like, there's no more conversation about that. You can hate Ray all you want to. He's going to let Shane do what he needs to do from a financial standpoint. Okay, that's number one. Number two, it's a chance to coach in the SEC if you haven't already. Maybe he hires a guy that has. Who knows? Who knows what happens here? But number three, uh, they they just finished eight and four, and they're in the top twenty in the country right now in the playoff rankings, not the AP poll, and not voted on by the Lou Groza Award idiots. And number four, he is going to give you autonomy to be a coordinator. Like Shane hires coaches and lets them coach. He doesn't breathe down their neck. Everybody wants to coach for a guy like that. Like, so it's, so then, it, but if you're going to be a guy like that, right? If, you, if, if you're Shane or anybody, uh, any other coach on the planet in any sport and you have critical hires, you got to get them right. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you're going to let them do it and you're going to say, this is your baby, you run with it, you, you take care of it, breastfeed, do, it all, do all the stuff you got to do. Okay. But that, then it's on your shoulders. If you you got to get it right. Um, you know, Shane's hired two offensive coordinators already. People forget he hired Mike Bobo. And he's about to hire a third one. And and we'll kind of see what happens here. But there are many, many reasons. And this, this JC, there, this candidate pool is going to be a lot different from the last one. Oh, yeah. It's going to be totally different. Nobody, the people that knew Shane, Still probably were like, I don't know how he's going to do. Maybe he'll do fine. I don't know where South Carolina is right now from a talent standpoint. They've been struggling under Will. Uh, maybe I'm better suited to, to kind of stay put. Okay, now uh, it, it's a what, – what is Montario Hardesty always say? Put it on tape? Well, it's on tape, all right? So you got a whole different group of guys out there now who are looking at this job – if they're interested or if maybe they don't know that they're, they're interested, but they're contacted about it, who will be at least somewhat interested. So this is going to be, this is totally different from when he hired Satterfield. People need to remember that this could be a totally different scenario because they've now proved it on the field. Yeah, I, I get it. You know, I, I totally get it there. Uh, and I agree with you. It's a much more attractive gig uh, than maybe it once but, was. But, but, hold, hold on. In 76 Gamecock, I love this guy. He's always coming. He's, he's great. It's it. He didn't keep Bobo. He hired Bobo. He didn't. He didn't keep a lot of the other guys. He didn't hire them. Yeah. If you keep a guy on staff, you've rehired him. When you are a new coach, you don't. Just, well, I'm, I'm. It's it's not semantics. You hire a guy and you fire a guy. Guys walk in all the time and they go, "Appreciate you. You're not gonna fit in with me. You're fired." Okay. Mm-hmm. Not because I don't like you, because you're not gonna fit in with what I'm doing. So they didn't just keep him. He hired Mike Bobo, and then Mike Bobo left, and he had to go hire another guy. So it's not really semantics. You, when you're a head coach, you hire and you fire. You don't just keep and not keep. That's just not the way it works. There's, and I, there's paperwork involved. I can confirm without a shadow that because a lot of people want to say, well, Ray forced him to keep Bobo or whatever. And that's hogwash because I can confirm before uh, the Gamecocks were sitting there in 2020 at 2-2 two and two and had just beaten Auburn. Uh, and I can confirm having a conversation 
with someone who would definitely know uh, that indicated that if Beamer got the job, but keep in mind, it must have hadn't been fired yet, uh, that he'd probably keep Mike. That's just, you know, they've known, known each other for years, man. And, and yeah, quite frankly, I think the offense would have been fine. But, uh, you know, that's the deal there. Uh, I, I want. I, want, I see Clint too. I love Clint. Clint, you, Clint's one of my favorites. I want to. I want to throw something in here because I know that there's a lot of uh, and there's don't tough pecker again. Um, there, there's been a lot of information that has come out over the last, I don't know, few months or well, I don't know if it's information or speculation about Monterio Hardesty. Let me let me let me just say this real quick. I, I I spoke at length the other day with a member of the staff, and yesterday I spent time with uh with a head a, a uh, very good very well known uh head high school football coach uh who is in Montario Hardesty's recruiting region and both of them think that everything that's being said about him on the outside is total hogwash. And, yeah. I mean like totally hogwash. Like this guy told me yesterday he goes, "Dude, Hardesty's my favorite recruiter." He was like, I, "I'm not going to push a kid to go to a certain school or anything like that." He's like, "You know, we want to help our kids make the best decision for them." Certainly um but he's like when this guy walks in here people love it when when mo is in the house and the and the member of staff that i was talking to was like and believe me this guy is pretty qualified to say it he was like no 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 i i like mo most 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 good most solid you know and so i i don't know i'm just adding that to the conversation that i know there's been things said about him but i've got pretty qualified sources that say the exact opposite so i don't really know what to think but when I don't know what to think, I lean on the guys that know better than I do. So I'm gonna I'm gonna lean that way. Yeah, I don't. You know, I, I think with Hardesty, you know, and, and I'm, I'm gonna say this blank and this blanket statement. Uh, you know, I don't expect any other unless somebody just leaves, right? Uh, a coach leaves. I don't expect any changes to the staff. Uh, you know, number one, I mean, and maybe on defense, if you're talking about defensive staff changes as well. It's absolutely not happening uh, prior to December 23rd, which is when the recruiting period ends, and probably not until after the bowl. Um, you know, the new OC, even if they get it announced or hired or whatever, he's not coaching the bowl. Uh, and they, they're going to go – they're about to go all in on recruiting, uh, you know, starting Monday. And, Shane, if you, if you look at last year, you know, they had some changes, but it was way after signing day. And look at Shane's track record, even when he was here at South Carolina. He waited until Jadebi and Clowney, uh, who waited until Valentine's Day, uh, signed and was in the books before he went to Virginia. He announced, hey, I'm going to Virginia Tech. I mean, And that's just kind of what, you know, that he protects the culture and he protects recruiting at all costs. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then that's the lifeblood of the – those two things are the lifeblood of any program. You can – you could have, I mean, look at AM. I mean, guys, think about people, people like, there's some, uh, you know, person that hates college football that writes for the Los Angeles Times that, that writes about it for some reason and he hates it. He's like, culture's just an overused, you know, stupid coach phrase. And eh, eh, eh. there's a column out there that said this. I don't remember who wrote it, but he's probably, uh, uh, we have Tough Pecker uh, here in the chat box. This guy's probably the anti Tough Pecker, right? Um, he's, he's Little Pecker. Yeah, he's this guy. And so this guy said, but you don't think that matters. Sorry, look at yeah. Texas A&M. You know, look at look at their uh, vaunted number one recruiting class ever. They went five and seven. One that they were not capable. They just beat the crap out of LSU to end the season. Those guys got up to play one game. 
Um, you know, look at look at Miami. Miami's got a guy that openly buys and bids on players, right? Yeah. And they they've swiped some folks, you know, and they've got talent. Look at that dumpster fire. Yeah, and, you, and you're talking about Mario Cristobal, who's had a pretty good culture, um, you know, with his, at least in terms of his players. I, I know some people that have worked for him that would not again. Let's just say that. Uh, yeah. But Mario Cristobal has had a pretty good culture. You know, he comes with a saving coaching tree. There's a process, all that. Look at what a dumpster fire that program was. So protecting your culture along with the emphasis on recruiting, I think, is a winning formula these days. Because you're – and I've said this before – in football, you cannot have, you cannot spend twenty million dollars on a recruiting class and expect it to be a bunch of guys that get in there and work their butt off, right? And in this sport, you have to work, right? And the culture sets the work ethic and the tone for the entire organization. Okay, uh, and in that way, you know, you're you're maximizing Nick Emanuori and DQ Smith while you got five stars from A&M that are freshmen lighting up in the locker room, lighting up a joint in the locker room. Okay. There's the difference. And that's why culture matters. Yeah. I mean, I've likened, you know, the whole A&M and, and Miami experiences to, you know, it's like armies full of mercenaries. Yeah. You know, what are you fighting for? You know, when the going gets tough and you can just bail, you just, yeah, just clock out, bail. <laughs> I got, I got seven figures in the bank, you know? Yeah. I mean, and, and- the A and M thing to me is so baffling, and I don't want to get off subject here because yeah. we should, we literally should still be celebrating the, the nightmare being over. Um, but like the A and M thing, they are they have they ever actually won anything? Mm-mm. I mean, uh, well, we ha- look, we haven't won anything. I'm not like any A and M fans. I'm not comparing the programs. I'm just saying, like every year, ooh, A uh, and M, they're they're gonna they're gonna beat Alabama this year. They're going to the playoff. They suck. Like they, you know, they're they're they're, they're eight they're and five, eight, eight and five, nine and four. Okay, it's a great record. It's a great season in college football. We're celebrating eight and four. That's a great year. But every year A and M's supposed to be eleven and one, and they're never eleven and one. I mean, they were closer to one and eleven this year. I mean, I, like it, it's it's crazy. I think A and M in South Carolina and Arizona State, actually, all three of those programs, though they're very different have a lot in common. They, they got the, the sleeping giant moniker and they always have uh, under RC Slocum. They won some Southwest conference championships. Obviously yeah. I think they won the big 12, maybe once they beat, they ruined Kansas state season. Uh, it cost them a national championship because they beat them in San Antonio. And then they had the Johnny football season, but man, since then, it, it, you know, had a big recruiting class. They, 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 they made some noise. They built a new stadium, you know, half of a new stadium, but uh you know, it, it is Crazy. sort of one of those things. And I, and I think a is the ultimate sleeping giant. But that just shows you that culture matters. That cult- culture matters, folks. Yeah. And you, you can ask Dabo Sweeney if culture matters. I know he lost the game, but think about how Clemson's been very consistent, that he has a certain culture up there. Yeah. Uh, and that matters. And that's that's a big reason why they've had the success they have. A&M's the worst team in Texas, and that's even behind, like, Texas State. SMU, right. yeah. I mean, Houston. like, that's just, oh, golly, screw, man, screw it. Anyways, hey, <laughs> the nightmare is over. Think about everything that's changed in the last, it's been seven years of football, but nine years overall. Like, yeah. about everything that's changed in nine years. I mean, <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's hey. Bill had hair nine years ago. Yeah, yeah. a little more than I do now. I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> I had uh, 
I, I was at that 2013 game in Columbia, and uh, and I remember going and uh, you know, yeah, my nine, nine years ago for me was was dramatically different. I was living in Nashville, uh, you know, single, you know, that kind of thing, living the life. Um, I think we have Spurrier Jr.'s agent in the chat box, by the way. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Zay, yeah, Zay I, says, I got, Hi. I, got, I got bad news for you. Junior's never going to be the OC in South Carolina, no. ever. Ever. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> for a uh, multitude of reasons. Ever. Capital letters, 100 million exclamation points behind it. Never. He got a better chance of bringing his dad out of retirement to call plays. Yeah, Junior ever does. I promise. Yeah, shoot, yeah, Steve. Steve, no, he's not going to be able to do that. I'll, I'll come <laughs> on up there, Shane, and call it. Uh, Jafaller says, "Does culture prevent opt outs?" No, no, it, no. it does not. Because I've seen opt outs with. Now, in some cases, it could. None of those Clemson guys yeah. opted out of the Cheez It Bowl last year, but no. I, I don't think that's an indictment of culture within the program. You know, I think it's an indictment of, of culture today in college football. Yeah, it's, when, good, it's a really good question, though. When, when you sit there and get encouraged to do it by influential members of the media and then the NFL guys, are, the NFL is to blame for a lot of college football's problems, right? Because they're just, number one, they don't fund it. They don't care. They compete against college football, really, ultimately. But it's a massive free farm system for them. They don't have to have minor leagues. Do they? No, no. Nope. Just go. I'll go to college and shoot. Don't get paid, and then and then the NFL guys are sitting there with these opt-outs going, "Ha ha, yeah, woo, good for us." Yeah. It's it's a problem, but that that's the deal. That's well, the and deal. and on and on that, I I, I know mm, what I know. We got to get a break, but um, I I, I do want to. You're the NIL guy, and I, and I think it's really interesting because I had this conversation yesterday too with a quite credible source jc um mm -hmm. there's something really interesting in play here with nil and, and rattler Th this is where nil can really help you uh because you know if you're spencer we all know something about him like he's a guy regardless of the results interception anything like that right we know that he's got all the tools okay so he's a guy guys we all know this he's going to go to the combine all right, and then he, let's say he declares. He's going to the combine, and he's and obviously he'll participate in pro day at South Carolina. He is going to score off the charts, period. Like, he, when, when he goes out and does everything, these guys are going to be writing in their books and they're going to be going, sweet Jesus, nobody throws it like he does. I mean, it, it's just a fact. It is what it is. And um, But this is where historically we're like, you just don't – guys, you can't leave the money on the table. you got to go. The money is on the table now to stay. Yeah, there's money to go. But you're not really fighting that anymore, are you? Like, aren't you more, if you're Spencer, you're now fighting development? Like, what's best for me? Take the Aaron Rodgers route, because that's the route it would be in the NFL. You get you get drafted and signed by a team that's going to want you to start in two or three years, not next year. Or you come back to South Carolina and you play every snap next year and you keep developing. So mm -hmm. it's, 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 it's pulled the whole financial side really, not out of it, but it's lessened the impact. And this is where NIL becomes like a great piece of the puzzle to help kids like Spencer Rattler maybe stay at South Carolina a, a little little longer. Absolutely. And I also think to that point too, JB, is like those those developmental opportunities in the league are getting more few and far between than they were, especially in Rogers' time. I don't think there are as many teams that are going to be patient uh, to allow somebody to sit and develop. You know, they want them within you know a year or two out there. 
Yeah. And, uh, and I think NIL can help you get that other year. Cause I mean, you know, you, if, if you're not projected to be in the first round, I mean, you know, your rookie salaries based on your draft position, you can, I, and look, man, I'm going to tell you this right now. Spencer Rattler makes a pretty penny and did before he got to Carolina. Um, he, he's very, he, it's Spencer Rattler Inc. You know, I, I was talking to somebody the other day. I was like, you know, Spencer Rattler Inc. is going to make that decision as to whether or not he comes back, not just Spencer Rattler. And I say that with great respect because I think Spencer and his people at every stop, including leaving Oklahoma, have made sound decisions, yeah. I think. Uh, and, 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 and they kind of – he's got a good group around him. His parents, his quarterback's coach, all those people that are advising him. And uh, But you're right. You know, it can make a difference. Everybody go join Carolina Rise, right? So, you know, it's the Spencer Rattler fun, right? Um, anyway, let's, uh, uh, let's take our final break here. We'll wrap it up with JB and wrap up what's been a stellar hump day show right here on Inside the Gamecocks. If you're looking to sell or buy multifamily property right here in South Carolina, the Burgesson team of Remax at the Lake can help you get to closing fast and easy. Adam and Derek Burgesson both are very proud Gamecocks and are more than happy to assist you with any of your commercial real estate needs all across the state. You can email Adam at aburgesson at remax.net. That's A-B-E-R-G-E-S-O-N at remax.net to get your next deal underway. The Burgesson team, proud sponsors of Inside the Gamecocks. Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Hey, hey folks. JC here. I've told you about Nana's Porch over and over again. They sponsor our chat box on the show. Uh, don't take my word for it, though. I wanted you to hear from Gamecock pitcher Noah Hall about our sponsor, Nana's Porch. Nana'sPorch.com. Go there. Food truck, catering, whatever you need. Uh, take it away, Noah. What's up, Gamecock fans? This is Pitcher Noah Hall. If you want some delicious food for your event, I suggest visiting 
ninasporch.com today to find out what they all have to offer. It's really good southern cuisine based out of Charlotte, my hometown. I hope you guys go check it out. Go Cox and go Nanas. Hey, man, are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests. Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues, and I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. Oh, I feel that, man. My head hurts, but I have a good lead on a good idea. I'm calling your boy Matthew Odom today from Heritage Digital. Heritage Digital is an IT firm that specializes in making sure your IT network runs like a dream. If you have one or 500 employees, it doesn't matter. They do it all for one monthly fee and have clients from South Carolina all the way to California. Yeah, I heard that monthly fee's low too, so I don't know why I didn't even think of that. Uh, do you have 843-699-1001 as Matt's contact number? Yeah, man, I sure do that. Or you can go to heritagedigital.com. Man, I hear they do a no-cost assessment. Boy, this will help me. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> I'm getting all that and encouraging everyone else to do the same. Heritage Digital, 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com, a proud sponsor of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Welcome back to Inside the Gamecocks, the show, everybody. The second hour of the show is brought to you by the Burgesson team at Remax at the Lake. Give Adam or Derek a call or shoot Adam an email, A Burgesson. That's A B E R G E S O N at Remax.net. Jamie Bradford is joining us on the McKellar Enterprises guest line. And JB, we've played ourselves into an interesting bowl conversation yeah. here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty interesting. Hey, before we before we get to that, I don't know mm -hmm. if we're going to see him in the bowl because of what happened in the game. But I just want to give a big, big, big. Maybe you'll see it. Maybe you won't. I don't know. Big hat tip to to Josh Van because uh, mm -hmm. Josh Van is a guy who. You know, a few years ago, we we knew he had talent. Um, I think he was frustrated, and uh, and there were plays where you know you, you just didn't know was he checked in or checked out over there. He was on the field, but was he checked in or checked out? And and then he really got re-energized over the last couple of seasons and emerged as a as a game breaker type player. He became a dad, and um, that's you know that's my greatest honor is being a father. So you know and. I know from what I've heard, he's outstanding. And, um, yeah, because of podcast too. Yeah, he's, he's a great player and he is a great dude and he's going to be a hell of an ambassador for a long time for Gamecock football. So, yeah, Josh fan. And I'm glad it ended well, uh, production wise for him because, you know, he, he came back, uh, he caught 40, 40 balls last year, right? He came back. Uh, and just, you know, when you bring in guys like Wells and then Brown got better and, you know, you, 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 you're not going to get – Shane even mentioned this. He, he mentioned in the press conference, he told Josh, you're probably not going to catch as many passes next year simply because we have more players. And uh, and he was cool with that. And and his production got better and better and better down the stretch. I think uh, Vandy, Tennessee, uh, Clemson were, were his best games, and it's good to see if it is his last game, him go out like that. There's a Steve Spur Jr. discussion on the chat box. I want to clarify some things. Um. And by the way, Jan mentions uh, Satterfield's position at Nebraska is offensive coordinator, tight ends coach. Yep. So he's not coaching quarterbacks uh, before you guys think. And it, I think Sat's a pretty good quarterbacks coach, to be honest. Yeah. As far as teaching that position. But uh, at Temple, they did it this way when he was under rule there. 
He was the tight ends coach OC because uh, they hired a quarterbacks coach kind of midstream. Uh, so that that's not a real surprise. Jake Peets, who who was on the uh, Jake Peets worked for me at LSU, uh, Coach O. Uh, the disaster year, I got fired and went to the beach. So congratulations to Jake Peets for taking that job at Nebraska. Um, uh, and so, Junior, okay, so here's why Spurrier Jr. Uh, is not going to be the offensive coordinator at South Carolina. I give him credit for being the probably the best developer and teacher of wide receivers in the country. His guys don't drop passes. But if you notice, Justin Stepp's pretty good at that too, right? Yeah. Uh, he cleaned up the drop situation uh, for the I, most part. I was about to say. For the most part. For the most part. Uh, they got Carolina's got a pretty good wide receivers coach, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it, it's one of those things. But uh, it, it's uh, – so that's why – Junior's not a really instinctive play caller like his dad. Uh, and personnel, no. man, there's some, been some – I mean, not just, not just player personnel, but evaluations. Uh, you know, a lot of those guys like – he didn't want Tory Gurley. He didn't want Ace Sanders. He didn't want Bruce Ellington to begin with. He didn't want Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, he didn't want Farrow Cooper. He was a DB, uh, and they just kind of – the older one was, was like, shoot, Junior, you, this guy's a receiver. Put him out of there with you. And just commanded it one day at practice, and then we have Farrow Cooper, right? Um, also, they, they mentioned, you know, his recruiting on offense. Let, let me remind everybody who the top three receivers were for the 2016 South Carolina Gamecocks. Debo Samuel, who had had one good game because he'd been hurt the whole time, and Junior took him late like super late. Okay. Debo was a late pickup. Um, Brian Edwards, who the Muschamp staff talked into not going to Clemson during the transition and Chavis Dawkins. <laughs> so uh, yeah. Steve Spurrier Jr. Didn't exactly leave, leave a loaded receiving core in South Carolina for the new staff. Um, I, I respect him. I like him. I don't sit there and bash the guy anymore. He is what he was uh, great at teaching the game. Uh, a good, a really good person too, right? Uh, and has eight kids or something like that. Uh, I think they just have more twin, another set of twins. Uh, oh, he and Melissa. Oh. Uh, so he's, I, so I, he's a little busy, Matt. Matt, yeah. I mean, look, I see you guys, and, and, and we, we, I'm lucky because we have teenagers. You know, they kind of keep it themselves. You guys have little ones and girls on top of that. So hats off to you. But Steve Spurrier Jr. wins the Brett Bielema Award for fatherhood. Okay, yeah. period, uh, <laughs> period. Um, and so that's that there. So no, but I, I just don't. You know, it's it's just that just wouldn't be that would be a, an experiment that I think would go horribly wrong. Uh, uh, and, and, yeah, and that's just and, and that's the, t- the the Rothschild here is talking about it. So that's the deal. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. The deal there. So anyway, so the bowl game, yeah. Jamie. Yeah. Yeah. I, look, you know, it's 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 becoming. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure I've got this understood here. Um, if, if LSU gets blown out on Saturday, there's a good chance Carolina ends up in Orlando. If LSU wins on Saturday, there's a good chance Carolina wins up in Orlando. And if LSU keeps it close on Saturday, there's a good chance that the Gamecocks end up in Orlando just because they like the Gamecocks over LSU, uh, which goes back to what we talked about at the top of the hour. They're the, they're the I mean they're the hottest football team in the country right now. They just are. Nobody's done what they've done the last two weeks. They knocked two teams right out of the playoff contention, uh, and and so I I think that there is an increasingly good chance that that happens. If it doesn't, 
Um, I, I personally hope that they end up in Jacksonville, okay, for a couple of reasons, because I'd like to see him play Notre Dame, and I'd like to see him back in, in Jacksonville for the first time in 35 years. It is really hard to believe that hasn't happened. With all of that said, let me come in and lay, out, lay this out here. Um, if Carolina goes to Tampa, please, anybody, I'm begging you to listen. Don't bitch about it. Because just two years ago, we would have done anything to be in Tampa. As a matter of fact, at the start of this season, if you would have said you're going eight and four with Tennessee and Clemson in the win column in Kentucky and AM, by the way, and you're going to Tampa, everybody would have signed up for it. So now when it comes down to it, you know, there's three bowls. That's where we're going to end up between one of those three. If if it isn't our personal preference, which that would not be my personal preference. I'm saying it's if we go to Tampa, that's awesome because they're in freaking Tampa again. Finally, you know, they're in Florida for New Year's. And um, so I don't know where they're going to end up. It looks like the citrus is is maybe kind of picking up more steam than we might have thought 48 hours ago. Mm-hmm. But we'll just have to see. I got a feeling we're going to know late Saturday night. It won't take till Sunday. They're probably going to have their decision made by late Saturday. Yeah, and, uh, and watch Brad's projections and also Brett McMurphy's projections because Mc- McMurphy, especially on Sunday, if you're still up in the air, uh, that guy's kind of like Lenardi for the balls. Oh, yeah, uh, and, and, and Brad's good too, and, and all that. But they're both very. I mean, there's a reason why McMurphy usually breaks uh, the bowls and stuff. Brad breaks a few too. Those are the two best. So, so keep an eye on those guys. Uh, I'm personally hoping for the Citrus Bowl. Uh, I also think for the program, uh, not me, but the program. The Gator Bowl against Notre Dame would be outstanding. Absolutely. Um, and if it is Tampa, I think you just live with it. You get to go. I mean, I guess that we'll decide about the Brett Bielema award that day, right? Uh, so if they play Illinois, Illinois is just a bad matchup. I know people are tired of going to Tampa for whatever reason. But, yeah, you're right. People, a few years ago, you give anything to be there. But, oh uh, yeah. you know, I, I definitely get it there uh, and all that. So, you know, people are like, uh, they said, my gosh, the, those Missouri losses suck now. You'd be in the Sugar Bowl. Yeah. How about that? Well, that's true, but I mean, you know, let's look. They're kind of where, honestly, got they're they're really kind of where they're supposed to be. I get it. I, I agree with everybody. You know, the Missouri game sucks. The the egg in Florida. If you had an offense, the second game of the year, you know, the Arkansas game could have been a little bit different. You had that game within five points. You know, I mean, but they're 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 pretty much I think where they're supposed to be. I mean, like mm-hmm. they really didn't look good in the Georgia State game, uh, and and they won it. Um, you know, and then, you know, winning these last couple of games, it almost like it kind of offsets. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, so, I, I agree. I, I'm not disagreeing with anybody. Be, oh, man, yeah. If you don't lay an egg. But, I mean, sweet Jesus, again, 10 days ago, 12 days ago, whatever it was, the narrative like, was, oh, my God, we're going to be in Birmingham. Yeah, right. Yeah, we're going back to Birmingham. Right, right, right. Everybody just – because the six and six was like a four. And, look, I was guilty of it, too. I'm not going to tell anybody – that I predicted this to happen. Well, I yeah, we, we were all like, oh, God. 
but th we did say prayers to avoid Birmingham. It's like, well, that Gasparilla Bowl is it, which is in Tampa, by the way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, uh, uh, that Gasparilla Bowl is like, well, maybe they'll send us to Vegas. Maybe they're, you know, and, <laughs> and, and, and we, and the narrative would have been completely different because we'd have been pulling against Missouri not to get bowl eligible and stuff to avoid Birmingham. I mean, it, it'd have been nuts. But uh, yeah, so I, I uh, I'm with you there too. I think it's. Uh, it's good. Saunders says any chance the Gamecocks play Oregon State, that would be epic. The only way that happens is if the SEC I, office goes, you're going to Vegas, baby. Yeah, uh, and yeah. uh, boy, that would I, – I'll give you if, – if Carolina plays Oregon State, I got – here's my prediction on that game. Tough Pecker's going to be there. Tough Pecker will be there. <laughs> uh, he will be at that game. Along with Bushy Beaver from the other side. That's right. Can't show up with Softpecker out there. You got to bring Tuckpecker yeah. with you. I mean, and, and that that bowl, as much as I love Las Vegas, and as much as I was like, even with a loss to Clemson, I was kind of eyeing it. You know, I was like, man, that'd be great. It's before Christmas. It won't interfere with my game, my vacation plans. But think about this: we just mentioned recruiting signing day is the twenty first. That game's on the seventeenth. You got to go out there, adjust to the time and all that. You got to there three or four days. Yeah. So the staff, I mean, there, there would be a lot of private jets from uh, the, the Gamecock Athletic Department rents flying in and out of, uh, I guess it's now Harry Reid Airport. McCarran, it used to be McCarran right there uh, over the stadium if they did that. But that's not going to happen. It's going to be a, a, a no, Florida Bowl. Going to Florida. The Gamecocks are, uh, you know, one of the, uh, the hottest teams in the country right now. And uh, I think any of the three really wants to have them. Uh, I wish the ReliaQuest Bowl would do – the unselfish thing if the citrus goes with LSU uh, and, uh, and, and, and understand that the Gamecocks admin uh, wants, uh, wants them to go to, uh, you know, uh, to, the Jacksonville, Jacksonville over that or anything like that's, that. I so. think that's the, I mean, as, as great as it would be to be back in the citrus bowl and it, it would be absolutely fantastic for <clears throat> that'd be the best thing for the program. Uh, for the fans, the best thing is the game. I, I, you know, what? I almost have a feeling that if they're in the Gator Bowl, it's going to sell out. There's Notre Dame fans everywhere. There's a ton yeah. of them in Florida, and and South Carolina is only a few hours away. I mean, I almost I think the game it might be the only sellout in bowl season. Yeah, you know, South Carolina and, and Notre Dame if that happens. Um, but uh, nonetheless, man, I know we're towards the end of it here. But nonetheless, I'll say this uh, once again: hats off to to Shane Beamer and his staff. Uh, just. Uh, Wow, it, the nightmare is over. What a way to end the season! We, we did none of us saw it coming. Nobody can lie and say, "Yeah, I, I predicted that." No, you didn't. You know, you, me and that Veronica Vaughn got it on. No, you didn't. You know, it's that it's Veronica Vaughn. Um, <laughs> it, it was uh, what a what a what a what a year for Carolina football. And uh, like I said, man, they're they're on the way. And um, buckle up. Buckle up. Yep. Should be a great couple of weeks, JB. Uh, hope you had a happy uh, Thanksgiving last week and all that uh, with your family. And we're looking forward to talking to you soon. Yep. We'll be, we'll, uh, we'll be here next Wednesday. All right. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, the great Jamie Bradford on with us every Wednesday. We did an hour with him today and we're wrapping up uh, right here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. And tomorrow, high energy, Chris Phillips segment. Uh, will be coming up, and uh, we've got some more different guests coming up through the next couple of weeks. Reminder to everybody, this is not just a football season show. This is a daily show all year round. Uh, we're probably going to take a break over the holidays, over Christmas, uh, probably for about a week while I'm out of town and maybe uh, something like that. 
but uh, it's going to keep going, guys. I mean, we're we're gonna we're gonna keep rocking this. This this is not a in season enterprise. It is a all year round enterprise for Phil and I. All right, so for Phil's JC, thanks for listening to Inside the Gamecocks the Show. We'll holler at you tomorrow.